we are going to look at being a spirit-led church as part of our vision and value series. Um, some of you may have heard Jeff speak on this on a Sunday morning. So we have nicked some of Jeff's notes on it, but we've put our own spin on it. So hopefully we can all... Um, look at things in a slightly different way tonight. And we're going to look at the vision statement, what it is, and we're going to hopefully just um, go through it in a little bit more detail, just in three parts. So it would be good if you could put the first PowerPoint up just uh, for the first, the first section. That would be great. So here is the vision statement. We want to be a church that keeps in step with the Spirit of God, follows his guidance, and grows in the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to split it down a little bit more in detail. So I'm going to talk about being in step with the Spirit and being guided by Him, but Hamish is going to help me in a moment. So we're going to start in Galatians. It's a great um, part of the Bible, well-known part of the Bible. And we're going to read Galatians 5, and from verse 16 through to 25. So I'll just read it out uh, for us, just to set the scene. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious, Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So I want to talk about keeping in step with the Spirit. Now, I walk a lot. Um, I walk into town, walk the dog. Hamish walks the dog more than me. Um, but I walk, I like to walk. And whenever I walk with my mum, she always says, slow down, Rachel. You walk too fast. I can't keep up. And whenever I walk with Hamish, he always walks about 10 paces in front of me. And I say, Hamish, can you wait? And he says, no, if you want to, you keep up. <laughs> so we never quite walk in step with each other. Sometimes we walk out of step with one another, but the Spirit wants to walk in step with us. And just to illustrate this a little bit, we're going to have a bit of fun. We've got um, Josh and Maddie. Can you help us, um, Fleur and Flora? It's got some scars. We're going to have a little stepping illustration. Um, is Charlotte here? Does Charlotte come? No? Anna Lake, you'll do. Um, sorry, Anna. I know you're sporty. You'll do this well. Um, who can I pair with Anna? Would, who would be a good person to go with Anna? Hannah and Anna. Come on then, Hannah. Come on up. Right. You have to tie both of your legs together. We want one couple over here. So we'll have the couple couple here and we'll have the other couple over there. 
okay? So our helpers will tie their legs up, and we're going to do a three-legged race. And they're going to go all the way around the church, so the opposite way. And the first one back here, without knocking into anybody or injuring anyone, no risk assessment has taken place, guys, um, and, and touch the platform here, we'll get a bar of chocolate, okay? So you've got everything to play for, all right? Yeah, all the way around. So, you, you're, so Josh and Maddie are going to end up this side and you two are going to end up this side. Are we ready? I'm going to give you a countdown. Three, two, one, go. <laughs> oh dear. Ray! Well done. <laughs> Are you all right? We had a fall over there. Hamish will give you some chocolate. Now, we did cheat in that game. We did warn Josh and Maddie. We said, look, we want you to do a three-legged race. Would you practice this afternoon? So they could keep in step with one another because they had a plan of how to do it. They'd learn how to keep in step with one another. And this is what we can do with the Spirit of God. We can learn to keep in step with Him. And when we walk together, maybe as companions, if you're walking with a friend, when you walk together a bit more closely, when you're not miles in front or behind, we hear one another better, don't we? We can share, we can chat things. We know what's going on in other people's lives. And keeping in step with the Spirit, I think, is very much like that. Keeping in close contact. Keeping in step. The Holy Spirit is our helper and our guide. And in fact, his name, the paraclete, literally means to come alongside. Another thing that I do, almost without thinking about it, is if I'm in the shops or something and a tune, a good tune comes on, I will always adjust my pace to the rhythm of the tune. To me, it feels really odd. If I'm walking and there's a tune and it's out of time, I find it really, really difficult. And I'll naturally, I'll start walking, I'll speed up and then I'll slow down. I naturally go to the beat of the tune. And I think the Holy Spirit wants us to be like that, to adjust our pace to his step. He wants us to walk in step with him. Another thing, when we are walking in step, I don't know if you've ever been on a walk and you're following a leader. I've often followed Hamish in the car, which is never a good thing because he's always racing down. If you lose the leader, you don't know where to go. If we want the Holy Spirit to be our guide, we need to be in step so that we know where we're going. We're not losing sight of where he's going. And we can keep in step. We can keep in rhythm. We can keep in time with exactly what he's doing. So Hamish is going to come and just share a little bit about how the Holy Spirit can guide us. Thank you, Rachel. Yes, um... I've got written on the top of my notes. Hamish is going to help us think about how we can be led by his spirit. I have to say, being led by God's spirit is very much similar to me as in hearing from God or listening to God. And we had Sheila come in to speak to our interns a few weeks ago, and she, she spoke to them about how do we hear from God. And to me, I think they're very similar, because actually hearing from God and being led by the spirit 
they're almost the same sort of things. And Sheila came in with a big list of things of how God's spirit had moved in the Bible and spoken to people and led people. And there's lots of different things from dreams to visions to miraculous sort of impartments of knowledge. So I have to say, sometimes we can overcomplicate it all. When, when we're talking about being led by the Spirit, it should become a natural thing. Because as Rachel read, if we're living by the Spirit, we should just fall into step. But we're human, and um, we don't always make it easy for ourselves, do we? I know as a, when I first became a Christian, I just wanted God to speak to me in a very audible voice and tell me what to do and how to do it. And um, if he wasn't going to do that, I would pray and say, God, at least send me a letter through the post with instructions of what to do. And we all sometimes want something really tangible to hold on to. But actually, I've learned, and I'm still learning, God speaks to us in lots of different ways. I mean, I love walking, as Rachel said, about walking with a dog. And God speaks to me through creation. But God also speaks to us through his word. And his word is so important. We need to read the Bible. If we want God to speak to us, if we want to feel and know what God wants us to do, if we want to be led by the Spirit, we need to know what God is telling us. We need to understand his word. So it's important that we read his word. So I was thinking about this when Rachel asked me to talk about this. She wanted me to bring some examples from our own lives, really. And the more I thought about it, I thought, I find it really hard sometimes to discern when I'm being led by the Spirit. Sometimes it just seems to happen. And it's only when I look back, I think, oh, God was in that. God was actually moving me in that direction all along, and I hadn't realized it. And... I was out walking the dog, and it often happens I'm walking the dog. I, I thought about Jeremiah, and I had to go back and look it up uh, and find where it was. And then, su- surprisingly, Calvin was speaking at the, the men's breakfast yesterday, and he also spoke about Jeremiah 18, about when Jeremiah got asked to go to the potter's house. And um, he was watching the potter forming a piece of clay. And it, it really spoke to me when I was in the park. I was thinking, when God wants to lead us, He wants us to be moldable. He wants us to be able to form. He wants to be able to shape us. And we need to be willing to be like that clay in the potter's hand. We need to be soft and workable. And then a couple of weeks ago, we were away at a youth retreat. And um, we were looking at John 15. And Rachel set some activities. She is the arty, creative one. And one of the activities involved Play-Doh. And... uh, (laughs) I was leading it and I got this piece of Play-Doh and actually we were just making shapes out of it and I tried to mould a heart out of it which is really difficult, I'm not, I'm not very creative but when the Play-Doh got warmer it was more malleable I could move it a lot easier and it just reminds me of when Paul, Paul had come back from a retreat recently and he'd been trying to carve a, 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 um, a heart out of wood which he also didn't find very easy and he'd written on it Ezekiel um, 9-11 I think it was but I looked up in Ezekiel and um, in Ezekiel 36 26 it says I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and I just it made me reflect back to this clay which um, Jeremiah had been seeing worked in the potter's hand if we want to be led by the spirit we need to allow ourselves to be soft to the spirit we need to make ourselves available to God and they're just two words which sort of came back to me we need to be available to God if we want to be led by the spirit and we need to be willing and um, that's that's really the only piece of advice I can say we need to put ourselves out there we need to say God I want to be used by you I'm willing to be used I make myself available and um, an example recently was I, got, I heard of an opportunity to go and work in a, a school, a secondary school, to do some mentoring. And um, I thought, oh, I'm not too sure about that, but I'll give it a go. Um, 
I'm always willing to say yes. Um, and Rachel said, what are you doing saying yes to some more stuff? We've, we're too busy how it is. We need to be putting stuff, do- putting stuff down, not putting more stuff on. And um, anyway, I went into the school, and the very first day I went in, I was put with a student who used to come to our children's and youth provision and was part of the family I used to visit regularly. And it was almost, I just felt God saying, yes, you go in the right direction. And it, it sort of confirmed to me that sometimes we don't know God's leading. Um, we, we read about Jesus being led out into the wilderness by the Spirit. Just because the Spirit's leading us, it's not always going to be easy. But actually, I felt that particular time was a confirmation that I was doing the right thing. So I just want to encourage you. You make yourself available to be led by the Spirit. Make yourself willing. We say we're a Spirit-led church. And as I was telling our young people, and I've been telling them on a Sunday morning, we are the church. The church is made up by individuals. So we need to be sort of living it out in our own personal lives and allowing ourselves to be led by the Spirit. So there's my little bit. And, oh, yes. Moving on to the the second part is we're going to be looking at the fruits of the Spirit. So we have Abigail coming up to chat to us about the fruits of the Spirit. Thanks, Hamish. Yeah, so growing in the fruits of the Spirit. Um, Before anyone accepts Jesus as their saviour, life is lived in the flesh And as Rachel's read out to us in Galatians chapter 5, it tells us that if we live in the flesh, acting in a way that gratifies the flesh, then we will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the flesh and the spirit of God are in conflict with each other. They desire different things, and most importantly, they produce different fruit. But when someone chooses to follow Jesus, then they begin the journey of living by the Spirit, walking in relationship with him, as Rachel and Hamish have said. Even so, we still have the daily, and often more often than daily, choice to follow the Spirit and not the flesh. So how do you know if you're living by the Spirit? Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 20, By their fruits, you will recognize them. Meaning that the proof of whether we follow Jesus and live by the Spirit is in our fruits. And our fruits is how we live. Now, badges are a good way to identify people. Here is um, a Blue Peter badge I got when I was about eight years old. I know you're jealous, okay? But... um, And maybe you were in scouts when you were younger, or maybe you've got a driving license or a passport. These are all good ways to identify someone or something that people have done. And the fruit of the Spirit identifies someone who is following Jesus, because gradually we begin to reflect Jesus ourselves when we are guided by his Spirit. But what does the fruit of the Spirit look like according to the Bible? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Jesus said the most important commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and to love your neighbor as yourself. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The Bible says for us to rejoice always. Not an easy task, but it's no matter the situation or how we feel, we always have a reason 
to rejoice. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. Through the Holy Spirit, we have peace with God and with ourselves. In Romans 8 verse 6, it says, The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And we also have peace with other people. Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. The fruit of the Spirit is forbearance or patience. Ephesians 4.2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. The fruit of the Spirit is goodness. Romans 12, 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil by doing good. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Psalm 119, 30 says, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Philippians 4, 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And finally, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. Proverbs 16, verse 32 says, But better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. Life in the Spirit is more like growing in a relationship with a good friend than a list of rules. Because it's the spirit that produces his fruit in us. It's not us who produces the fruit, it's the spirit of God. And the only way to grow in the fruit of the spirit is by choosing to spend time with him every day and allowing him to shape and mold us as Hamish has said. Fruit doesn't appear overnight, it takes a long time. So we as a church, as individuals, as the body of Christ, should keep on persevering in faith and walk with the Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit will continue to grow. Thank you, Abigail. That was great. Looking at the fruit of the Spirit so important that we're growing in the fruit of the Spirit. And lastly, the last part of our vision statement is, is to be growing in the gifts of the Spirit. And now, this is, this is a really big subject that we won't have time to go into fully tonight. But it is a vital area for the building up of the church and furthering the kingdom of God. And when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we have all been given gifts. Some of you may not have thought about um, what gifts you have. Some of you may not think your gift is very important, but we've all been given gifts by God, whether you are aware of them or not, and God wants you to use them. Maybe some of you have been reluctant to use them. But there's a lot of gifts that are, are given in the church. There's lots of lists of different spiritual gifts that are in the Bible. Um, 
Here's a little list. It's not exhaustive at all, but there's words of wisdom. There's words of knowledge. There's prophecy, discerning of spirits, gift of faith, a gift of healing, of working of miracles, a gift of tongues, a gift of interpretation of tongues, a gift of helps, a gift of administration, grace, a ministry of service, of teaching, of encouraging, of giving, of leadership and mercy. There's some amazing gifts there. And actually, when I come to, to church, I often see these gifts operating all around. There's people in this church who are so encouraging. Every time you meet them, they say something encouraging. That's a gift of encouragement. There's people who have gifts of helps. Um, Jeff talked to us about Val making the best cakes, and she does make amazing cakes. Val just gives what she's good at. She just blesses the church with what she has. She helps. There's people who drive people around. There's people that just come and, uh, for instance, on, on uh, youth camps and things like that, people who will just come and, and cook or someone will just come and put up tents. It's all gifts of service and helps. There's administrators, which are a tremendous gift for the church. To have spirit-led administrators is amazing because a lot of what happens at the front is fueled by really great administration where we can reach more people. All of these gifts we need. And the Bible talks about the body. We are a body of people with all different gifts. And we're encouraged to use our gifts. So... We've seen a little bit about what the gifts are, but we, we encourage to use our gifts and to use them faithfully. I'm going to read um, Romans 12. Um, let me just find it. I have got it marked somewhere. Romans 12, verse 4 to 6. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We have all been uniquely designed by God and purposed in the shape we are. And, and Jeff talked about God works with the grain of who he's made us. He doesn't give us gifts that go against the grain of our lives. He works with us. We are all made on purpose for a purpose. He will work with you. But we all have different gifts. So we are encouraged to use our gifts. But how does this work in, um, in our lives? Hamish, come and give us some wisdom on this. Once again, I'm not sure I'm the right person to be asking wisdom for. My hair's not that gray yet. So um, it says in the Bible about wise people have gray hair. Um, yeah, just like I said about being led by a spirit, spirit was two words 
impressed her mum about being willing and being available. The sort of two pieces of advice I think about when we look about God giving us gifts, and that's don't compare ourselves to others and remember that we're all different. And what I mean by that is that I can't sing. You would not want me to be leading youth band um, or leading you in worship because I'm just so untuneful. And I can look up and see Andy or see Rachel and say, oh, aren't they got great gifts? Aren't they wonderful? I want to be like that. But actually, I realize I'm different um, and I'm not able to sing like that. But I have other gifts I can bring and I can use. And one of them is driving, I think. I like driving people around places. But we are all different, so that's what I'd like to remember, that we are different, and because of that, we have different gifts. So don't compare yourself with other people and think your gift is not as good as another gift, because actually, it's a team approach. When we're called, when, when Paul talks about us being a body, I think of it like a football team. We can't all be the goalkeeper. We can't all be the striker. We all have different parts to play. And that's why we're given gifts, to play different parts. And I always remember Matt and Liz bringing a boat in for one of the family slots they did in the mornings, um, a little sailboat, if I remember rightly. And it, I think they were talking about the body of Christ at the same time. And actually, you can look at a sailboat and think the sail's the most important thing. The sail is important, but actually they went through the boat and there was lots of other important things on the boat. And one of them is this little thing called a bung, which is, in my mind, a plug, really. And it's in the bottom of the boat, and if the boat didn't have it in when it was on the water, it would fill it with water and sink. And that bung isn't seen, but it is so important. So I just want to encourage you, when you think about gifts, I, I think you should try and be aware of what your gifts are so you're comfortable with your gift. Don't be looking at other people's gifts and always thinking, I want to be like them. Discover what your gifts are and be willing to work hard at what your gifts are. So that's my advice, Rach. That's lovely. So the Bible tells us to use our gifts. It tells us to stir them up, stir up the gift of God within you. And also to eagerly desire the greater gifts. There are some really powerful and wonderful gifts that God's given us. And he's given us for the building up of the church, strengthening the church and, and expanding the kingdom of God. And we should desire more of these gifts, um, not just for in the church, but in, in our lives and everywhere we go. So in, in your schools, in the workplace, God can use you powerfully with the gifts of the Spirit. And God, God wants to use us. Um, the Bible's full of very ordinary people that God does extraordinary things with if they're willing. And God filled them with his spirit and gifts of the spirit to be able to do what God wanted to do through them. There's a really beautiful line in the first Narnia film. You might remember it. And um, it's, it's when, just before the battle, and, and, and the snow is melting, and, um, and Father Christmas, who's not been for years, Father Christmas arrives and he gives all of the children a gift. He gives them all a gift. So Susan, Peter and Lucy. And he gives them all a different gift. He chooses what gift to give them. It wasn't a case of I'm scrapping around. I want that gift. I want. No, he chose what gift to give them. And then he gives them some great advice. He says... These gifts are tools and not toys. And I think 
The gifts of the Spirit are wonderful, beautiful tools in the hands and hearts of a believer, and we should eagerly desire them. In the half term, um, we decided we were going to sand our horrible old um, pine floorboards that are all orange and old, and we thought, yeah, we're going we're gonna to sand them down and we're going to reveal beautiful new wood and it's going to be great. So actually, we, I said, it was me really, not Hamish. Hamish was like, oh no, DIY job in the half term, not really his cup of tea. But we said, yeah, we'll do it, we'll do it. Anyway, about a week before, my mum came around. She said, I want to help you. My mum kind of is, is one that does like DRI. And uh, we had, we got some acid to put on the floor. Um, so, so we poured all this acid on it and, and then we, we had these scrapers trying to get years of varnish off this floor. It was a nightmare. We were only going around the edges. It took forever. We, we had pillows for our knees, didn't we? <laughs> we kept stopping for cups of tea, but oh, it was slow, awful, arduous work. And there was many moments that we said, oh, we shouldn't have started this. It's just too hard. It's too, too hard. No way are we doing this. It's never going to happen. We tried and we tried, um, but it was not good anyway. What we needed was a power tool. So we went over there to the higher center. We got this great big power tool in the car up the stairs, which was quite a job. And um, Hamish, the DIY man, he, um, he started on the floor. Um, they showed him how to use it, plug it in, do this, don't do that. And, um, and he started on the floor. And we were amazed. Really quickly, the floor, it just took off all the varnish. We'd have been there for hours. But the power tool just got the job done really quickly. And the gifts of the Spirit are like a power tool. My goodness. Yet we'd have been there for ages. But we'd have never got the job done. And God's spirit gets the job done when we cannot. And we need to eagerly desire these gifts. I'm going to do a little bit of a demonstration and Matt is going to help us. So come on up, Matt. Now he's the power tool expert. He's, um, he's good at this sort of stuff. Now, um, we do need a volunteer, but we've kind of thought of a volunteer already, haven't we? So, um, Mr. Jeff Lee, would you come up? Because we know you love DIY. <laughs> now, I don't know whether DIY is one of his gifts. Jenny, is it? No. He's not a bad cook, though. He can cook very well. Okay. Right. We want you to saw that wood in two. Is that okay? No, I don't. <laughs> Have a go, Jeff. Come on. I, got, I did get an O-level in woodworking. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Let the saw do the work. Bless him. He's doing pretty good, actually. Hey! Well done. Now, Matt, come and show us how it's really done. Thank you, Jeff. 
Oh, yeah, Katie's going to have to clean it, isn't she? Now, this is the difference. Doing something in our own strength and a power tool. Front row, watch out. Wow, that is really quick. Amazing. Do you know what? It's, it's, God wants to partner with us to get the works of the kingdom done and to get them done more effectively. We should eagerly desire the spiritual gifts because they're a gift to us to help us, to help us get the job done. Do you know what? Working in our own strength without the help of the Holy Spirit, without the gifts of the Spirit, it's kind of like me and Hamish on our knees, or my mum on our knees with the sandpaper while there's a power tool in the corner, not connected and not being used, which would get the job done. God wants to see his kingdom advance. He wants to see his church blessed and grown and strengthened. And the gifts of the Spirit do this. And one last thing before we, we open it up um, to prayer uh, in a moment. But power tools also need to be treated with a little bit of respect as well, don't they? They're not something to play with um, because you can get hurt. These wonderful gifts, there are some um, helps in the Bible about it. So in Corinthians 14, it, it was saying about how, how one church was using the gifts and, and they were used in a way that was just conflicting and, and there was too much going on. And what happened is they were used in an unorderly way, but it brought confusion rather than, rather than the clarity which God's uh, spirit wanted to bring. And in Thessalonians 5, it says, do not despise prophecy. Yeah, prophecies and things that this is great. Do not despise prophecy, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. We should weigh up prophecy. So we need to use the gifts wisely. And also, Matt Crudge was one of the people, one of the friends that helped us when we got this, this uh, power tool going and did the floor. He helped us because he'd used that tool before. If you've got a spiritual gift or, or you're perhaps learning about the gifts of the Spirit, it's really great to learn off others that have used that tool before, used that gift before. So Matt was able to say, oh, do it like this, you know, and, and can guide us. The Holy Spirit wants to guide us. He wants to help us. And it's not just to bring glory to the gift or to each other. It's to bring glory to God. Our floor looked awful. And now it looks really beautiful. And God wants to do something beautiful in this church's life. He wants to do something beautiful in people's lives. And he wants to be working in partnership with us. Hamish had to push the tool. It didn't work on its own. God wants to cooperate with us. It's amazing that God wants to cooperate with us with the gifts of the Spirit. But the main thing, the thing that under, undergirds everything about the work of the Spirit is love. Like Abby was talking about, the greatest is love. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians. I'm going to ask the band to come up. And we're going we're gonna to just make room for the Holy Spirit this evening. But just before we do, I'm going to read this from 1 Corinthians, the famous love chapter. 
We should always use any of these gifts of the Spirit in love. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Everything that comes from the Spirit is one of love. I wonder whether we'd all stand as we, we're going we're gonna to worship and we're going to, I just want us to, to think as we want to be a church that is spirit-led. We want to be a church that is in step, in time with the spirit. And like Hamish said, it's not just us as a collective, but individuals as well. Are we keeping in time, in step with the spirit on a Monday morning through to Friday as well as a Sunday are we growing in the fruits of the Spirit? Do we love God more and do we love people more? Are we growing in the fruits of the Spirit? Are we connected to him so that fruit can grow? Have you, is your spirit new? Has Christ come into your life? Maybe here tonight, you're still living your own way. You're not living your life by the Spirit because you've not responded to Jesus' invitation to follow him yet. And you can do that tonight. And maybe with the gifts of the Spirit, maybe you once operated in some gifts of the Spirit and maybe you've perhaps just lost your confidence a little bit. Or maybe you think, oh, I could never use my gift. But every single one of you, God wants to use because there's a broken world outside. There's people in your workplace that need Jesus. And what the Spirit can do, just like this tool, the Spirit can do in two seconds what you can be trying to do for years. A touch of the Spirit changes everything. So just as Hamish talked about the new heart, that moldable spirit, let's ask the prayer team to come forward and I want more of the Spirit. I want more of the Spirit. If you've never been filled with the Spirit, ask God to be filled with the Spirit. If you want to see God's power in your life, to be more effective in your life, come forward. I want more of these gifts of the Spirit. If you feel like me and Hamish on the floor, with the scraping tool, there's a situation that you just cannot make right and you need the touch of God over it this evening, I pray. We're going to pray, stand with you, that the Spirit of God will bring a word in season for you, that God will bring breakthrough. So is there anything that's touched your heart tonight? We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to be here to minister to you so just come make your way forward there's people ready to pray